a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And, and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent, on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel. What in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Councilman Darren Layton. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk radio points. Making canaries volunteer for coal mining duty. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you actually think of those jokes. I should probably do that. I stole that. For the one. end of the show joke. <laughs> uh, well, in today's edition, we got some Table Talk Jeopardy. We got some Ten Commandments of the News. We got this game we hardly ever play called CACGA. You know, the Casual oh, yeah. Apologetics Conversation game. That's a nice acronym. <laughs> Who could be calling at a time like this? That's all you said yesterday. We were recording a show yesterday, and you kept saying that, too. Why Why are so many shows? I don't know. I can't wait to play Jeopardy. I got this category. You are going to hear this, and you are going to go crazy. You're probably just going to cancel the whole rest of the show. You're going to be so afraid. All right, let's hear it. What is it? I'm not going to tell you yet. we got to do the buzzwords and everything. Okay, so my theological buzzword for you is Sabellianism. What? Sabellianism. S A B E L what? L L I A N I S M. You know, remember okay. Sabellius from the from the early from the third century? He's this guy. He's one of my favorite baseball players. <laughs> he, he's this guy that came along and uh and and he wasn't like the, the Unitarians who were denying that Jesus was fully God. He affirmed that Jesus is fully God, but he did it by saying that God sometimes acts as uh, as as son, and sometimes acts as Holy Spirit, and sometimes acts as Father. So he he never denied the divinity of of, e- of any person, but he didn't affirm that God could be um, one substance uh, uh, at the same time. So this is also what we call modalism. Oh, that's handy. I was going to ask you if it's also called modalism. I just, by the way, in order to check this out, went to go get my theologian trading cards off the shelf here. Do you know these things exist? I got them as a Christmas present. I didn't and they're know, in different no. teams. Early. Uh, yeah. Are you kidding? So, Do they really have those? Yeah, they really have these. So these nice. are the St. James Padres, Ambrose, Athanasius, Augustine. Then uh, you also have the Avignon Crusaders, Peter Abelard, Albertus Magnus, ex John Wycliffe. Then this is the Wittenberg Whistleblowers. That's Boy, the if I would have had those, I would have done just great at Church Father Orr. <laughs> Indeed. There's a heretic team here somewhere. That's what I'm looking up. The Athenian metaphysicians. This is not what I'm looking for. Anyway, I'll get, I'll find the heretic team here in a minute. Okay. In the meantime, St. Pius Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, your buzzword is uh, evangelical. Uh-huh. 
I'm writing it down myself. That's evangelical, good. which is now this comes from the root evangel, which means or oyangelion is the Greek there. You might want to jot that down for your category. Thank you. <laughs> and that means good news, but it's not just any good news. It's not like the good news like, uh, hey, the Broncos won the Super Bowl or whatever, which would be good news. The good news of the gospel is the good news that God has died for your sins. So it's a not just not just so someone says, hey, what's the gospel mean? We say good news. No, wrong. That's not. It's a specific good news. It's not just any good news. It's it is the good news of the death of Jesus and the promise, the forgiveness of sins that comes from his death. That's the good news of the gospel. So now, so the can I say so now so like that? So now so the problem with the word evangelical is it's been taken up into mean all sorts of different things so we have the word like uh, evangelism which comes from it which apparently means telling people about the gospel insofar as uh, that's what it means that's good enough but the problem is most evangelism these days actually doesn't have anything to do with the evangel it doesn't have anything to do with the gospel and there's churches whole churches that call themselves evangelical churches that also don't have anything to do with the gospel so anyway okay so evangelical. Okay. So now it's time to announce our categories of Table Talk Jeopardy. Pastor, what's your category for Table Talk Jeopardy? My category for you is biblical Greek vocab. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, my uh, my category for you is going to be Hebrew declensions. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, this is going to be a fun show. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. My actual see this isn't be fair. I, I got like Hey the team by the, the way softball. here for the, the heretic team is Orthodoxy Dodgers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's see if uh who is the guy? Sibelius he didn't make the team. I got oh maybe he's on the he, back here. He oh yeah, Sibelius, third century. Here he is. There you go. Hmm. Um, my Table Talk Radio Jeopardy category for you is uh, views of the Lord's Supper. Oh. So okay. hopefully you'll get some of those right. So uh, so do you want to go first? Do you want to guess a, a category and, and yeah. value? Okay. okay, I want views of the Lord's Supper for 100, please. 100. This is the view that the uh, body and blood of the Lord's Supper are meant to be understood symbolically, and they are represented by the bread and wine. Now, so you want the name of the idea, or you want who teaches it, or what are you after her? Yeah, one of those. Mm, okay. Well, Evan, the idea that it's just a memorial meal is what we call uh, the memorial meal. <laughs> so what is the memorial meal, or the symbolic understanding of the Lord's Supper, commonly held by evangelicals? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think you can get your own buzzword in the answering mic? <laughs> Uh, that is correct. So 100 points for Pastor Wolf. Now, what's wrong with that? What's wrong? What's the big deal? What's, I mean, hey. Well, it, it would be great. I think that view of the Lord's Supper would be just fantastic. I mean, it would be this. I, I would hold to that view if Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, said, take and eat. Uh, this symbolizes my body given for you. That's the only problem. The only problem that that view has is the words of Jesus where he institutes the Lord's Supper. That's it. Yeah, I mean, but everything else but is fine. Couldn't Jesus be... <laughs> be uh, symbolic when he says this is? Uh, uh, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? I mean, I'm trying yeah, to I suspect you have to have a reason <laughs> to believe that. 
I mean, th- this is the problem. I mean, if you're not going to believe the words that Jesus says, what are you going to believe? I mean, what what's left? What you what you know? Um, anyway, yeah, I guess I don't know. Okay, one hundred points for you. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> Let, you ready? Let's, let's just do you. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be as bad as you think. Okay, but I'll take. I picked really easy ones that any dummy would know. Greek? <laughs> Greek what's the category? Greek words or Greek? Greek biblical Greek vocab. All right, I'll take that for one hundred, please. This word is commonly translated holy. <laughs> holy. Well, I might get this even if I hadn't studied Greek because um, we uh, we sing. Oh, wait, that'd be Latin, though, wouldn't it? Oh, 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 no, no. So I guess I would have to study Greek. The biblical Latin. Okay. <laughs> okay, then I will say, uh, what is the word um, agios? Right, agios. The word for holy, which comes then into Latin as well. You, you can do that. I'll give yeah. you extra points. Uh, Let me write down it. Um, as you can give sanctus, me the Latin sanctus. translation. Sanctus, and that's where we get the word saint from. So now uh, uh, you have this in um, in the creeds. You have a holy, holy, holy there in the third article. I think this is kind of neat. So we have the uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, uh, and the communion of holy ones. That's the same word all the way through there. So that's anyway. nice. And so the fact that we say that God is holy um, shows us that He is He is free free from sin. He's without sin. He's uh, perfect. And so, um, that is, of course, we we understand that to be of the of the the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit, as as you just said here. But now, what then uh, God calls us is the is the holy ones, the saints, so that we are completely uh, sinless, just like God is, because uh, Jesus, who is God, becomes human flesh, dies on the cross for all of our sins, taking our sins upon himself. And then um, that holiness of Jesus is bestowed to us. It's accounted to us on account of faith. Uh, so that we, the reason we're called holy ones, saints, is because of what Christ has done for us. Yeah, beautiful. I remember, by the way, so here I was in Athens. If you can imagine this, I'm standing there in Athens in the kind of the ancient agora, which is kind of, it's got a bunch of ruins and a bunch of olive trees and stuff. And standing in front of this temple of, I believe it was the temple of Festus. And it's a its a beautiful little temple. It's It apparently is built by the same person that built the Parthenon to... Um, uh, that, but the part, but it didn't get blown up like the Parthenon because the Turks were storing gunpowder in there back in the 1800s. Or something blew half the Parthenon up. Hey guys, where do you want to keep this gunpowder? I don't know. How about the most famous building in all the world? Good idea, guys. <laughs> Anyhow, this little thing is a beautiful little temple. We were talking about it. How the altar would have been here where you make sacrifices. Here's the building and everything. And I asked Pastor Graf. I said, "What's the difference between this temple and the temple in Jerusalem?" And he said simply, "These gods weren't holy." <laughs> oh, nice. That's amazing. Nice. So the architecture was the same. The gods were different. God was different. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're going to continue this game of Table Talk Jeopardy. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We're right back after this break. Only the good in a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you. 
for listening to Table Talk Radio. You can't touch this. Oh, no. Oh, no. Brother, last time I used it, MC Hammer as a bumping. I didn't know you actually. My music hits me so <laughs> hard, makes me say, "Oh my lord, thank you for blessing me." Oh man, what if that's blasphemy? Went back to the the uh, high school days for Brian Wolfmiller. It's just instant, just like that. <laughs> my 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 music. Yeah. Good thing I got my parachute pants on today. I didn't think they'd I come in handy. I thought you were probably wearing those. Mm. <laughs> uh, Carrie you know, sent me a text. Hey, use mm. MC Hammer. Uh, he's wearing his parachute <laughs> pants today. He walked out the door this morning. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the score is 100 to 100 <clears throat> in this game of Table Talk Jeopardy. And uh, now, Pastor, it's your turn to pick uh, for your question. Okay, I would like views of the Lord's Supper for 200, please. Hey, how in the world are you going to have five categories, by the way? Don't you worry. Don't you uh-huh. worry. All right, uh, for 200. The belief that the Lord's Supper is the real body and blood of Christ and the bread and wine because said elements have transformed to the body and blood of Christ. Are you making this up? Are you you did not write this down, did you? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Does it sound polished or what? No. <laughs> no. Now the the word transform. Now you got two things. You got a problem here because this is actually not a view of the Lord's Supper that anyone holds. Oh come on. Okay. So okay, let me do this again. The view that the Lord's Supper. Uh, in the Lord's <laughs> Supper is the body and blood of Christ because um, the bread and wine have transformed into the body and blood. Okay, that's better. That's better. So uh, the thing that's throwing you off before, you had the body and blood in and the I bread know, and I wine, Remember. which is what we Lutheran ah, Go on, go on. But this uh, this view that you uh, outlined here would be the view of our friends, the Roman Catholics. So what is transubstantiation? That is correct. Two hundred points. Okay. Now, what's wrong with that? Uh, no, you know, this is interesting. What's wrong with it? I mean, not much is wrong with it. The big, the biggest problem that's wrong with it is that, uh, I mean, this whole idea of the di- distinction between a substance and an and uh, and an accident of a thing, which is the philosophy upon which the view of transubstantiation is based, comes not from the Bible but from Aristotle. Now. Ironically enough, so oh, so here's the basic distinction. So you say, "Hey, uh, what's a something to someone? What what's a fox?" And they say, "Oh, it's this little animal with four feet and a bushy tail. And it's red and got a long nose and it jumps up and down." Well, what if you took a fox and you and you painted it black and you and you shaved its tail and you put a clown nose on it and you gave him some sedation so he couldn't jump up in the air? Now, all those things that you use to describe a fox are no longer true of this particular fox, but it remains a fox. And that is because you changed the accidents while not changing the essence, the foxiness of the fox. Hey, that's now, a nice way of explaining that. Thank you. The Lord's Supper, is uh, the Catholics go the opposite way, and they say what changes is not the accidents. Those accidents and external things remain the accidents of bread and wine, but the essence changes from, the, from breadiness to the Lord's body and from whininess... <laughs> To the Lord's blood, 
And so you have a transubstantiation. You have a change, trans, in the substance. Now, we simply say, that's not in the Bible. And there's no there's no distinction between essence and accident in the Scripture. So we say you can't bind people's conscience to a philosophy that's not taught in the Bible. And you just stick with the word is. The trouble then is you what you do is you remove from the Lord's Supper bread and wine, which Paul includes, and he says the bread that we break, is it not the body? Is it not the fellowship with the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, etc.? And so you have some trouble with those texts. And they and now, they, they would say that, well, when, when Paul is there describing bread, he is simply referring to the accident. Yeah, right. And see, the, the part of the trouble is that in the Lutheran confessions, they'll actually go for this thing of this the distinction, distinction between yeah. essence and accidents in other places. Right. But here they say it just doesn't, we just don't apply it. We don't want to be taken up into a philosophy. So, now, so our biggest problem with the Roman Catholic understanding of the Lord's Supper is not their idea of transubstantiation, but rather their idea that it is a propitiatory sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That it is an atonement, it is an offering made by the priests for the atoning for the atonement of sins. That comes from Trent. If anyone denies that the the offering of the mass, the sacrifice of the mass is not is a propitiatory sacrifice, then let them be anathema. So, but the, the big problem is this idea of of putting atonement in there with the Lord's Supper. Right. Right. All right. So the the formula of conquerors is going to talk about uh, accident um, and uh, and essence when talking about original sin. Is that right? I don't even know. That sounds I, fine to me. I though. think I think that's right. So that so that the the essence of man himself isn't sinful, but that he is uh, he is born into sin. So so that when we when we are redeemed and we're in heaven and we're you know, oh, I know what you're doing. You're that? stalling. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll take uh, uh, Pastor Wolfmuller's select Greek vocab for for uh, 200, please. This Greek word can be translated either testament or covenant. (laughs) Ah, yes. Now, this was a big discussion for, for like, Luther, right? Um, Indeed. Talking about the Lord's Supper, mind you. Indeed. So uh, we have this word come up, and and, uh, it's interesting when you read it in, in most Bible translations, you're going to come up, uh, this is my new covenant. Um, but then you go to the Words of Institution in, in, your, in your church service, and you're reading it out of the hymnal. It says, this is um, a new uh, testament. You say, hey, what's, the, what's with the word change there? And it's because it, it both comes from this Greek word diatheke. So, um, and, and Luther makes the argument that we should uh, stick with testament because Jesus here, uh, in his moments before his death, is providing his last will and testament. Uh, so just as um, you know, uh, you you someday sit down and you write out your testament and uh, your your will of, of who will get what, and you expect that after you die, this will be carried out. This is this is how uh, your next of kin and and whatever legal system is involved, they will follow the your will, your last will and testament according to what you said. And so also, uh, Jesus is setting forth the things that that we are to do. Um, in the same way, the moments before he dies. So I would say diatheke. What is diatheke? <laughs> you were just waiting for me not to I was, Owen! Oh, you just see this big kind of chest I can't s- smile on my face, waiting for you to not put it in the form of a question. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I could just hear the drool from your... From your <laughs> You're just salivating at the opportunity to, to you know, knock me down for not putting in the phrase yep. of a question. Yeah, the thing and exactly right. Diatheke... Correct the mundo. All right. 
Um, boy, oh boy. Are you a lot better than you thought at Greek? <laughs> I was pretty nervous when you said that category. Uh, wait, uh, this is just yeah, to get you I was going to say, yeah, this isn't getting ready. All right, uh, your turn. Which one would you like now? I want to do uh, Views of the Lord's Supper for 300, please. This game is taking forever. <laughs> All right, 300. Um, the view that the Lord's Supper is a symbol <laughs> through which <laughs> Christ's body and blood are received spiritually through faith. Oh, that sounds like someone explaining, uh, who doesn't understand it, explaining the Reformed doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. They, is that not correct? Is that that's a... <laughs> Well, they wouldn't use the word symbol. That's funny, because I'm looking at a website right now that says symbol right now. Oh, really? Anyhow, that what is Donning the Reformed right. understanding of the commun- of communion in the, with the real presence? So, what is, the, what is Calvin's view of the Lord's Supper? You got it. Hey, ding, ding. How many points do I have? Now, here's an interesting thing. The, Calvin's view of the Lord's Supper is a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to talk about what is well known as the heresy two-step. Remember the heresy two-step? I do. All right, down, down, down. All right everyone. Thumbs in your belt loops. I'll teach <laughs> it to you. First, you start on the scriptures. That's where you start. Don't worry, you're not going to end there, and you're not going to be there long either. <laughs> start on the doctrine of scripture. In this case, this is my body. Now, you take a long step back into abstraction. So body becomes real presence. See? That move? Body becomes uh, body becomes um, the presence of Jesus or something like that. But real is used real presence. And then, once you take that long, abstracting step back, then you wiggle around. And you wiggle to the left, and you start to say, you have communion with the divine nature of Christ. And you wiggle to the right, and you say, uh, <laughs> uh, the infinite is not capable of the not infinite, or reverse that. How are they going? How do they say that? Infinitum non capox infinitum. I wasn't, I'm not very good at Hebrew, saying. so I can't remember. But that, anyhow, that's how uh, that's how that goes. So, so the so the Calvin says when you go to the Lord's Supper, you by faith commune with the divine presence of Jesus. And you you know you say, hey, that sounds pretty good. Until you stop to actually think what Jesus said, this is my body, and you say, no, wait a minute, those two things don't have anything to do with each other. A, a, a faith communing with the divine presence. Now, just so happens, just so happens, Evan. That this view, this Calvinistic view of the Lord's Supper, snuck into the Lutheran Church. It and it, it actually did sneak in because no one would admit it. They were, they were called the Crypto Calvinists, and so they had to ask a couple questions to ferret them out. And one of them is this: Does the unbeliever eat the body of Jesus in the Lord's Supper? And the Calvinists who say that communion is only by faith had to say no. Or we say because the words are what's true. We say yes, indeed, the unbeliever does. All right, we need to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Yes, I gotta have faith. Somewhere, a mystic is crying. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Poor mystic. 
And we're back to Table Talk Radio. We need to finish Man, up this fast. game. We get... I heard they got any emails checked. <laughs> I know. I keep waiting for you to be ready in the breaks, and then you and you said, "I'm just checking emails." Don't don't worry. I'm gonna. <laughs> You're ever ready, okay? Oh yeah, and I'm always checking my email too. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll take uh, Pastor Wolfner's favorite Greek words for 400. Oh, these are my favorites. I think they probably are. You're skipping one. Am I? I'm not sure you want to do that. You did 100 and 200. Okay, I just want to get this over. So 300. All right. Um, this word at the center of the debate in the Reformation can be translated either righteousness or justice. Uh, what is the uh, the um, <laughs> yeah yeah you had a dekinios? No, is that right? Dekinios. That's close. You got like four letters right. Dekayasune. Dekayasune. Dang it. Well, yeah, you could. I mean, it could be dekeo also. So uh, yeah, cool. I was just yeah, using the... the future active something. <laughs> <or other>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Dekayasune. Is that dekayasune? I get credit for that. Close enough. No. Oh, come no. on. What? Let's appeal. What? To, let's, How close let's, do you have to be? It's a judges. word. It's not like it's like opinion. <laughs> it's okay. it's a real thing. I'll edit it later. That I got it right. <laughs> You do it with proper pronunciation, too, like you've just gotten back from Greece. Dikaiosune. <laughs> All right. So um, I was close. Uh, close? You were close? Yes. Okay. I'll count close. as a close. Now, here's the thing. Dikaiosune is a courtroom term. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a legal term. It means... Um, it's the legal standing of a person, and the and the really the recovery of the gospel in the Reformation was the was the recovery of this word that we are justified. That's uh, see how oh, now oh this is that this is the reason why it's so important. So you see the word when you're reading along in English, you'll see the word justified or justification, and then you'll see the word righteousness, and you're like whoa that's a lot of two different words. Mm-hmm. I mean it seems like they're very far apart, but they are the they come from the same Greek that that. Uh, that or dikaios is underneath all those different forms of that word. I think justificatio uh, comes from the Latin, and righteousness must come from, I don't know, kind of, it's German or something, Celtic, kind of, something. Anyway, those two words come into the, so, the, so what you actually have here, this is interesting. You have one Greek word, and you have two different totally separate languages that are coming in to use to translate it, but it's all the same. So how are we righteous? Uh, is that we are declared to be righteous, We are, and that, and that is what it means to be justified. It means we, we have our righteousness is declared. It's imputed to our account uh, by the one who can do that, that is the judge of all things. To stand in contrast to one who's becoming righteous, is that right? Mm, yes. So that, that's right. So, so that righteousness, righteousness is, as I said, our righteousness is not um, an ontological uh, thing in which we're attaining to or achieving. Right. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, your Indeed. turn. Okay. I want views of the Lord's Supper for 400, please. Ooh, this is going to get me to a millennium of points if I get it right. Okay. The view that Christ's body and blood are in with and under the bread and wine and the Lord's Supper. What, how are you going to – you're going to run out. The answer is uh, this is commonly called consubstantiation, but that is a bad name for the Lutheran understanding of the Lord's Supper. So what is the Lutheran understanding of the Lord's Supper? Uh, true. Now, explain why consubstantiation is, is a bad term. 
because consubstantiation does the same thing that transubstantiation does, and that is it. In, it, it well, that was close. You're, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. That was close enough on that <laughs> word. <laughs> It's it's it does the same problem that transform does. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's close enough. <laughs> but it assumes a metaphysic. It assumes a you know a, a kind of a a philosophical construct. We just say, hey, it is. That's what Jesus says. This is my body. So we say, okay. You that's say correct. so. All that's right. really the you know that's the that's the whole Lutheran attitude. You know I can f- summarize Lutheranism in one in one small sentence. If you say so, <laughs> you read the Bible. Hey, if you say so, you know that might be a nice way to talk about Lutheranism because you know we're, all, we're always trying to figure out ways when you, you meet someone on the street and they don't know what a Lutheran is. Uh, you know, kind of the the so-called elevator speech. You know, you got two minutes mm-hmm. in the elevator to to talk to someone about it. That might be a nice Is that way a thing to... from like Toastmasters? Probably. The elevator speech? Uh, Anyhow, keep yeah. going. So that uh so so that you have just a couple minutes with someone and and Lutheranism can stay, yeah, we believe that um God's word is true even if it doesn't make sense. That's the mm-hmm. that's the Lutheran distinctive. Yeah, so we just say if you say so. If you say so. <laughs> and then you can give This a, is my body. Then if you can give a few so. examples like communion, um, righteousness before God, you know, all this Indeed. kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm. That's a good way to do it. All okay, right. um, I'll take uh, Patrick Wilson's favorite Greek words for 400. Uh, this word is uh, on Evan's prayers every night, commonly translated as wife. <laughs> um, are you uh, referencing the, what is the word uh, gune? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Hey, you seem very comfortable with that. <laughs> I know the word for wife. I don't know the word for righteousness. This happens to be also the word for woman. So I think uh, I think you could go home tonight and call out for Carrie. Woman! Woman, where are you? There's, there she is. I don't know if that's the same as the word as wife. Wife! I'll try it. I'll report back tomorrow. All right. We're recording tomorrow. This is ridiculous. How many shows are we, we going to do? I'm I'm standing in protest of that. Three days in a row. All right. You have one more turn here. Okay. Uh, views of the Lord's Supper that don't exist for 500. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is not a valid. A valid. Uh... Hey, it's your daily double. Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. All right. All right. I'm, how many I got? A thousand points? I'm putting it all on the line here. One thousand. Right. Make view, something up hard. The view that the Lord's Supper is there to rediscover your innate goodness. <laughs> I should have been listening at the first first part of the show. <laughs> what is the Kookball Indian religion? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kookball Indian religion is not. Okay, I'll give it to you. It, it, yeah. it was. I don't, I don't remember the name of it either. <laughs> you don't that. even remember. You should have looked that thing up. It's like a show number three. It's it has just been downhill ever since then. Uh, yeah, so, um, what's wrong with that one? <laughs> you know, I, I, repentance is everything. You know, this thing, repentance, this, this, where the Lord smacks us on the head with the law, causes contrition and terror, and, he, and then he smacks us on the other side with the gospel and gives us faith and comfort and peace. This is what everything's driving towards, including the Lord's Supper, where the law and gospel. There, This idea that we discover our innate goodness, I mean, first of all, you don't have any innate goodness to discover. <laughs> I mean, it's not there. You go. It's like going on a snipe hunt. 
And then, but then What's the problem is, we were going to do that when you came to Oregon next. <laughs> <laughs> we used to in Australia. We used to talk about the drop. Have I ever told you about the drop bear? No. Oh man, there's no such thing as a drop bear, by the way. But just before we put the kids in their sleeping, tucked them into their sleeping bags, and sleeping in the wide open under the trees, we'd tell them about the Australian drop bear that moves so slow <laughs> that the only way it can attack its food is when it falls asleep at night and jumps on top of it. That's so mean. And then about 15 <laughs> minutes later, we would all five of us just <laughs> right on top of this, and it's in the sleeping bag, so you're safe, you know. Their arms can't get out to thrash you. Good times. <laughs> All right, so so uh, there's there's no innate goodness to be had. Okay. Good yeah, time. we need we need to know our innate sinfulness, and then we need to have that sinfulness forgiven. Right. Okay, I will take your favorite Greek words for five hundred, please. All right, this Greek word uh, is uh, commonly translated gospel, but literally means the good news. What is the euangelion? Yeah, that's right. The, and this is, uh, you know, the uh, the even the our evangelical task. This is that we would uh, be proclaiming this good news, and it's not just any ordinary good news, right? It's the kind of good news of uh, of our salvation through Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. That's right. true. Not. It's not abstract. And it's like we talked about that before. Five hundred points. You're losing, though, by the way, because... I just got 500 points for using the buzzword. <laughs> you said it like the rebellious teenager. All right, we the need... The buzzword, Dad. We, I use the buzzword. <laughs> Let's get a break, and then we're going to play Ten Commandments in the News and the Casual Ball Apologetics Is this thing over Conversation game. That game took forever. <laughs> Let's not play that again. <laughs> um, and then we'll uh, do some Ten Commandments in the News uh, right after this commercial break. If you uh, have a comment or a question... Send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back. Don't go away. We should change it to 1-800-SPEAK-HUNE. So use it that way And don't fool yourself There's only one God Ten Commandments Table Talk Radio So exciting, you won't notice Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. It is time for Ten Commandments in the News. The way this game works is we uh, play a news clip or something along the lines, and we try to evaluate which of the Ten Commandments are being involved in the story uh, to help us kind of think in the categories of the Ten Commandments. I just found a good one for you. World's longest cat dies in the United States. Oh, brother. Look at this. The world's longest domestic cat, 48.5 inches. Whoa. That's 1.23 meters. That's a huge cat. I think you must. I think these people were raising a cheetah, and they thought it was a cat. Yeah, I gotta see a picture that's a of this thing. Weird. Okay, well, I've got a couple for you to start off with. Uh, okay. you, do you want what? Oh, behind... it's a long cat. <laughs> I wonder if it, I've long. never seen anything like it. Uh, all right. Do you want what's behind door number one or door number two? <laughs> um. 
Door number one. All right. Door number one is a story from AP News about a uh, Muslim girl band. <laughs> the first all-girl rock band in Indian-controlled Kashmir has been forced to disband after only one concert. The three teenage girls say they're scared to perform following threats against them and their families. A fatwa has even been issued against them by a top Muslim cleric. The band's plight is becoming a polarizing issue in the Muslim-dominated region, where the roles of women and music appear to be at odds with traditional values. This spokesman for the state-appointed Muslim cleric who issued the edict says the girls' parents should be given guidance on how to properly introduce them to Islamic education. He's urging them to stop performing. Some on social media are even calling for them to be expelled from the area. But this musician says it's a bad idea to threaten the girls, saying they have a right to express themselves. They have not made a mistake, he says. A top political official in Kashmir is even weighing in on Twitter, promising a police probe into the threats, further deepening the controversy. The high schoolers performed in public for the first time in a December battle of the bands. They took third place. John Belmont, Associated Press. All right, there it is. Oh, man. You know, these Muslim clerics issue fatwas like the Council of Trent issues anathemas. <laughs> a fat, can you believe that? Fatwa. So that's a, that's, a, um, like a, that's like a decree. Uh, uh, now, does that, does that have a death warrant attached to it? or? Well, it's a legal pronouncement. Okay. I don't know. Let me look it up and make sure it's, it means it. It's a fatwa. Islamic faith is your... Juristic ruling concerning Islamic law issued by an Islamic scholar. In Sunni Islam, a fatwa is non-binding. In Shia, it could be considered by an individual as binding, depending on his or her relationship to the scholar. So it depends on what the fatwa is, you know. Like okay, you, yeah. so, these guys will issue a fatwa to go and you know kill the infidel, etc. Right, right, right. I wonder what the fa- so I, I guess the fatwa can vary. I wonder what it says that they issued a fatwa against them. I wonder. I guess that means it would be like saying they issued a ruling against them. Mm-hmm. Maybe saying this is wrong. Yeah. Sheesh. Muslims hate women. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean that might be a little bit broad, but I mean this the whole the whole system is just the ugh. It's a disaster. I'll tell you what, this makes the one of the weirdest things in the whole world, that the feminists are always standing up for <laughs> for the Muslims. Is That is a weird thing. That's not, that is not a two-way street. Right. I always, I always think it's funny when people talk about how oppressive Christianity is, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> I mean, oh, those mean things that the chauvinistic pig Paul said uh, are just valid for his day. But they don't apply to us today. Um, do you know how women were treated in in Paul's day? <laughs> I mean, for him to come along and say, "Hey, husbands, you ought to you ought to die for your wives." I mean that 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 is completely countercultural. Right. I mean, th- there's no way that's just cultural for Paul's day. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yep. Okay, so Ten Commandments. Uh, yes. Okay, so false doctrine. That is the uh, second commandment. Uh, you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So Islam is a false doctrine which misuses God's name. Uh, third commandment also is uh, then all, also in there with uh, false teaching. 
the the distinction between men and women, because there is distinctions, um, that would be sixth commandment, by the way, and that's always related to the fourth commandment. Um, I wonder, uh, I wonder if anything else. A girl band. This is, has to do with school, so that's also fourth commandment. It gets into court, and it's got the fatwa. That has to do with the eighth commandment. Look at this. I mean, this guy started a radio show called Fatwa on Air, in which he was issued daily fatwas. <laughs> Sheesh. Um. Anyhow, I think that covers it. I was. Was there any lying involved? Seventh commandment. There's no murder involved. That would be the fifth commandment. No covetousness involved. I don't. That that. It all it all starts there. I don't know exactly how it starts there. Do you think that maybe the first commandment would be involved? So yes, you always end up breaking the first commandment. Every every commandment starts at nine and goes through one of the middle ones and then ends up every sin anyways and then ends up falling on the first. So. Okay, well, I just thought you know the the commandment assumed is a commandment denied, so I started to ask. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, uh, what about casual apologetics on this one? I don't know. You know, next time you're you're sitting next to someone and they say, "Hey, did you hear about that girl band? <laughs> that, <laughs> that Muslim girl band? The Muslim girl rock band? <laughs> like, I just downloaded that album. And they on got iTunes. third place at some. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what you say about that. Probably. I mean, you know, I think maybe the best the, the best place to start poking around is with because because this Islamic um, kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's you want to say despising or the extremely low place that Islam puts women. Um, it sh- should it should allow us to contrast uh, the uh, this understanding of the kind of feminist understanding of of tolerance, and we should say how, why is it that these um, you know all this Sharia law which just despises women? Because apparently it would be okay for a boy band to do this, right? Problem is that it's girls uh, that despises women in these different ways uh, is so kind of protected and fought for by the feminists. And you start to realize that what is at stake there is not actually tolerance. There's something else. I mean, it, it is it is tolerance at its root is anti-Jesus. Mm. And so it will find a friend in anything else that is anti-Jesus. Mm. So. All right. I've got another quick one for you if you want it. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is also from AP Network News, but this is raw audio from Beyonce uh, following her uh, singing at the uh, president's inauguration. Well, I am a perfectionist, and one thing about me, I, I practice until my feet bleed, and I did not have time to rehearse with the orchestra. It was a live television show and a very, very important emotional show for me, one of my proudest moments. And due to the weather, due to the delay, due to no no proper sound check, I did not feel comfortable taking a risk. It was about the president and the inauguration, and I wanted to make him and my country proud. So I, I decided to sing along with my pre-recorded track, which is very common in the music industry. And I'm I'm very proud of my my performance. Okay, so. Uh, I didn't even know that. There was a controversy? There was oh, some yeah. sort of lip syncing? Yeah, because Beyonce lip synced at the... Uh, I, I, by the way, am lip syncing this show. I was going to say, I people are going to realize like two that. Days ago. <laughs> people are going to realize that our YouTube videos aren't real. <laughs> 
You know the problem with lip sync? I could never lip sync. I'd be so bored trying to say the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm bored hearing you say it once. <laughs> Indeed. Wow. Now the question is, is lip syncing lying? I think that's the question at stake here. Mm-hmm. And lying uh, falls right into the realm of the Eighth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's a weird sort of thing because you sang it and recorded it and then you play it on a tape and then sing along with it. Yeah. It's apparently how like the music videos are recorded, etc. you know? Yeah. 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 You're singing along, but you're not actually recording because you want to record it in the studio where it sounds best. Yeah. I mean, if I was outside saying this stuff, it would sound terrible, but because I'm here in studio. (laughs) Studio. We're going to use those little finger quotations when you say studio. <laughs> yep. Just here in front of my Facebook screen. <laughs> I I will throw my two cents. I don't think that it is lying to lip sync because like you said, it's it's not that they're trying to they're taking some some other singer and trying to say that I am uh singing this. But it's it's their own voice. And there are a lot of technical uh technical complications, as Beyonce said there. That uh, you know, to, you have to have a proper sound check. You gotta, you know, she she sang with an entire orchestra. That's certainly different than than singing with a, uh, um, with a uh, like a track or something like that. So I I don't I don't really falter for that. Every, everybody just... does it. Almost every live performance. Almost every live performance is a uh, recording. So are you are you standing up for Beyonce because she sang? If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Just the principle oh, of the oh, matter. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> How about that Super Bowl performance, by the way, huh? Yeah, I wasn't paying too much attention to that. I, those are... <laughs> oh, well. It would have been a shame if the power outage would have occurred during the during, <laughs> during the halftime show, huh? I guess it would have been too bad. All right, that's, there you go. that's all you have to tolerate that's it. for that's this all. edition. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like Evan singing in the shower. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. If you're not then you better put a ring. The points are worth a lot. Not, You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free 1 800 385 SOLA. That's 1 800 385 SOLA. Or send us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.